He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, all my slick talkers, I have a special surprise for you guys. Super thankful for all the support and everyone tuning in. Uh, I've been doing about three episodes a week now just because I'm so booked out on the show, uh, which is always a good, good thing. So thank you guys for making this possible. I want to treat you guys with something. Um, so I created a little virtual event. It's a Q&A happy hour with me, and I will be inviting some of the past Slick Talk guests. So go ahead and follow the Instagram and Facebook pages for the podcast. Uh, in the show notes of this episode and future episodes, um, I will be putting the link for you to register for the Q&A. It's free, and the first 10 people that sign up today and whenever you hear this, go sign up now. The first 10 people I'm watching, um, I will buy your drink. Whether it's a coffee, a wine, or a beer, um, I will buy the first 10 people uh, that register today. So go ahead, check out the show notes, click the link that is the Q&A happy hour. And then once you do that, register for the event. It's free. And first 10 people, I will pay for your drink. So go ahead, sign up. I can't wait to meet you guys and for just to be able to talk about hospitality and podcasting and get to know you on a little bit of a deeper level. I figured, you know, 2020 is the year to do this. And so thank you guys and the first 10 people I'm watching. So grab your drinks. Let's go. You know, of course, ecologies are incredibly sensitive and dynamic and, um, you know, varied and diverse and all these, all these types of things. Um, uh, everything needs to work together in this beautiful harmony to, to continue to exist uh, in harmony, right? And so I think that story isn't known by everybody. I'm, I think they feel like nature is incredibly robust and indestructible. But when you get down into the details, you understand the inter, you know, the relationships between all those organisms in that forest, in that habitat. Um, you realize how precious, precious it is. And so, you know, that that experience, that knowledge is going to hopefully change your value of the environment and how you treat it, and, and realize that, yeah, if you pollute it, just a couple. It's your, your package that you throw on the ground, or if you choose to drink that water bottle, that's going to end up in that natural environment. It's going to, it's going to affect it in some way. Um, yeah. So I think it's, you know, it's through experiences like clamping um, that can hopefully, you know, change the minds and the hearts of people um, to, you know, put more uh, of themselves behind solutions that we already have to solve a lot of these problems. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform.
All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and today is a really cool guest that I get to introduce, uh, as they're all very cool. Um, this one's a little unique. Uh, I get to geek out. We get to talk a little bit of Star Wars, probably, at the end of it. Um, <laughs> this is a this is an awesome guest named Dustin. He's the CEO and creator of O2 Treehouse, which is also growing and branding out to a franchise model of tree walkers. So vacation rental, tree houses, woods, exciting things. What is up, Dustin? How are you doing today, my man? Very good, very good. It's, uh, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to record with me. Uh, you and I have been talking a little bit behind the scenes about a couple other things, and it's just cool to be able to pick your brain on the podcast and, of course, show uh, show the listeners the creativeness that the industry has. And I think you showcase that well, my friend. So Nice, uh, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, let's dive into your background. What uh, What is your history like? What do you, um, I don't know, where did you get started and how did you, how did, you know, treehouse building get into where you are today? Nice. Yeah, totally. That's, that's probably the number one question I always get, you know, people are like, wait, what, you build treehouses? Like, how did you, how did you get into that? Um, so my background is actually in furniture design. I went to the Minneapolis College of Art and Design their furniture program and you know my schooling was you know you know in depth on materials whatever we designed or sketched up like we'd actually go and build it so I got like deep into using all sorts of different materials and understanding material strength materiality um and out of school um you know I was super focused on you know just ethics of being a designer what does that mean you know, sustainable materials, <clears throat> um, what does it mean to be natural and live naturally as a human? And so kind of out of that um, thinking um, and simultaneously an opportunity with my dad moving to a new property, um, uh, we were just kind of reminiscing about the treehouse that he had built for my sister and I growing up. And we're like, oh my gosh, how cool would it, would it be to build a treehouse in one of these? He had an epic uh, poplar tree in his front yard. And so, you know, it was from that that I just, you know, kind of became enamored with this idea of like redesigning the treehouse and, uh, you know, using lighter, you know, sustainable materials that could be recycled or, or decomposed and kind of like a modular type of concept. Um, and so I built that tree house in my dad's front yard, just on a shoestring, total shoestring budget. You know, I think like it was $3,000 and like a thousand of it went to my, pay my rent or something. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was a G does like sphere tree house, you know, kind of putting that, you know, concept that's existed for, of course for a very long time, but making it a full sphere and hanging it in a tree uh, worked, you know, beautifully from an engineering standpoint, but it was also like, you know, a, a beautiful kind of hanging lantern type of effect. Um, and from there, that's when I started O2 Treehouse. So that was like all the way back in 2006. And, um, you know, it's funny, like it's kind of come full circle in a way now with what we're doing with tree walkers, because the vision then was to create something, a treehouse that, uh, could really flat pack and ship to different parts of the world for, for use in ecotourism, um, which I felt was an industry really worth like getting into and supporting because ultimately it's, it values the tree as a living object versus dead wood. Um, and of course, as 
there's the plus and minuses and different ways that you know the ecotourism model can be uh, can be made unsustainable um, versus kind of more regenerative. Um, but that was the vision, and you know from that point, I really just you know I launched Ocho Treehouse and just started making custom treehouses. You know, I eventually moved out to California because that's where, you know, people are buying treehouses. Um, so I was in Los Angeles for many years building custom treehouses there. And, you know, since that point, just, you know, growing it, you know, um, a passion, a passion project, really, you know, uh, building structures that are you know held up by a tree, um, you know, is it's a, it's a, it's a nice statement that, you know, treehouses may not like save the world, of course, by any means, but it's kind of a poetic statement about, um, you know, a human kind of coexisting with nature being held up, supported by a natural living uh, specimen like a tree. Um, and shoot, if you can keep that in balance, that relationship in balance, um, then, you know, it says something. It's, it's a powerful statement. And so, you know, that just like being outdoors and, and you know, building these, you know, very actually quite furniture like creations. Uh, in the case of Ocho Treehouse, we really build structures that are more sculptural in nature, I, I would say, versus like more of like a cabin floating in a tree out of timber. Um, and that's been my passion as a designer as well, is just creating interesting forms and forms that really you know blend in with nature and you know take cues from each individual context um to create something beautiful and of course you know just totally stoke out kids and actually the parents too you know because <laughs> they're actually wanting the treehouse like secretly it's what's yeah. happening yeah every adult's like <laughs> oh man i can't believe my kid is making me do this but then they're like yeah can you add this feature I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to be in it longer than that. exactly yeah it's two-way street there yeah so, um, and then, shoot, sorry, I don't know if I'm like taking forever on this answer, but. Uh, oh, I was going to ask, um, going into, uh, do, so you started creating all these tree houses, you're, you're doing this as a, as a business now. Um, what, what was the, the beginning moment when you had your first tree house that went on Airbnb? Because I know you guys have, uh, is it called the sphere or the acorn? The like, pine cone, yeah. The pine cone, there we go. Yeah. I, so let's talk about the pine cone for a second because cool. I've seen that whole thing, the whole listing. It looks great. It's incredible. Um, nice. Yeah, I love the design. And so let's talk about what, how did you um, use this concept of building trees, creating something really beautiful and, and symbolic to then thinking, okay, let's put it in the vacation rental market and see how this responds. Yeah, nice. So um, I was actually contacted by Airbnb um, and um, they were like, Hey, do you have any, would any of your past clients be interested in renting their houses up? Because Airbnb was experiencing extremely high booking rates for, you know, these unique type of treehouse structures. And so, you know, they, they actually had people in their offices going after treehouses, trying to get more treehouses online on the platform. And this is kind of earlier days of Airbnb, I guess, when we're just like probably 2013 or something like that, maybe even earlier. Um, and so, you know, from early, very early on, I was seeing that as Airbnb was growing and people were creating all these amazing, you know, small structure creations, that kind of thing unique stays 
uh, you know, I got my gears turning. I was like, oh, I got to do that. You know, I got to rent, I got to rent the structure out. And uh, not only until many years later, um, you know, I was approached uh, by a marketing agency, Ogilvy and Mather, to do a treehouse for a commercial for SC Johnson Wax. And they said, um, you know, they kind of gave me like full artistic direction and said, just create some amazing floating crystalline type structure in the tree. Um, and uh, they said, you know, we're going to give you a budget, but then, you know, we don't want the treehouse afterwards. You know, it's just like a prop for this, for this commercial. <laughs> you know, my jaw drops. Like, yeah, it's the most walk. expensive like, okay. prop I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's just a line item in your budget for a commercial. Well, wow, okay. Yeah. It was sweet. Uh, you know, yeah, of course, we'll take it off your hands. Um, and, you know, because of that dynamic of that project, I also invested into it greatly to make it what mm-hmm. it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, it was really a dream come true because from the beginning of Ocho Treehouse, you know, one of my actually original sketches was to create a geodesic sphere floating in the redwoods, you know, huge, like, you know, 30 feet in diameter or something like that. And so this is the first project where I really got to realize that kind of vision at scale. Um, you know, with uh, pinecone trails is what I think 21 feet tall by 14 feet wide. Um, and uh, of course, then we had plans to rent it out on Airbnb. You know, once I, I knew that we would be owning it and it's, it's been a huge success, you know, ever since we got it on the market and it's, you know, it's constantly booked out. Like people are always emailing like, Oh, like, can you give me a date to, you know, book the pinecone? Like, you know, kind of pleading. Mm-hmm. And um, it's wonderful. Uh, people are super enthusiastic about it. And um, it's, it's really boosted the press for Ocean Treehouse as well. And got, yeah. got us a lot of other cool projects from it. So it's been a great thing. Yeah. And so um, I guess like, what is just a random question for you the biggest like one or two takeaways you've learned from stepping into the vacation rental industry with this tree house oh wow good question um it's um so critical to have reliable people uh doing your hosting and flipping Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah that's the biggest takeaway for sure um and you know i'm actually partnered with the landowner on the on the project and um so we work together to uh to host it and um you know with the pinecone specifically there's a lot of challenges of course that you know don't relate to a lot of other types of rentals you know like we have to wash those windows at least once a year um because they just get full of dust and it's in the forest um yeah you know, plus whatever else is crawling around there you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, heat, heat was an issue. So we had to install like a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, radiant heat panels on the interior. Um, it's definitely been a learning curve. It's been perfect. However, it's really been, you know, the school of hard knocks for me, I would say, um, before, you know, getting into this tree walkers business plan. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we have our system down now and, um, uh, you know, now that we've been renting it since uh, 2018, 
and um you know it's fun it's a fun thing just you know i enjoy creating uh kind of an adventurous experience for people you know we haven't initiated it yet but um we want to do kind of like these almost like an adventure menu inside mm -hmm. the the tree house and this is something that we're going to roll out with tree walkers where you know when you stay at one of our treehouse structures, it kind of comes with more than just the architectural piece, but comes with this activity or kind of programming piece where it's like, oh yeah, I went to a tree walkers and, you know, there's almost like going to a fine restaurant. There's, you know, like four menu items and you can kind of pick, you know, pick an adventure and it comes with, you know, a suitcase with, you know, curious objects that have something to do with your journey and that, you know, something like that. So, yeah. We're, uh, another just random off the cuff question, but, uh, have, were you always like an adventurous kid? Like were you kind of the, the kid that was always outside wanting to like, you just seem, cause like we, a lot of the listeners already know the destination or concept and you've, I've talked about it. Um, you know, yeah. people that are wired to create remarkable experiences. And, uh, I feel like you are that person that from day one, probably as a little kid that you were just always out and about and interacting and kind of you just seem like you have that feel because yeah. what you're describing is just it's very looks like it's just wired in you to be like that so I'm kind of curious to like what your childhood was like <laughs> well that's super funny yeah I mean I guess um you know my friends are hardly ever surprised at like some of the situations I get into um so I think you probably got that right but yeah I don't know my childhood was you know was, you know actually it's full of building forts and treehouses actually <laughs> you know so, yeah, actually i so joke around exactly. and I went to, yeah <laughs> and i went to uh you know i went and paid for you know fancy design school and then like when i got out like i was doing the same thing that i was before <laughs> like growing up as a kid <laughs> yeah see exactly what i pictured i just i just see you in the woods running around with sticks and and leaves and just forming all sorts of stuff and totally being, yeah that's what yeah. it's like I mean, I was lucky to to grow up with some woods, you know, behind our house. It's just like a sort of suburban subdivision, but like mm -hmm. my house had a bunch of woods behind it. So yeah, for sure. I was always like back there running around, like making trails and digging ponds and stuff like that. We made a bunch of, you know, forts on the ground. Like, you know, my dad was always very handy. So he had his workbench in the basement, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I just, you know, came to, I've been like, I guess I was very tactile you know, building stuff from like a very early age. Um, and then like, as you know, I grew older, like just a little bit older, you know, in the subdivision started meeting other kids and stuff. And then we built like, you know, neighborhood forts and, you know, and it's just, you know, it's not like a unique experience. Like, you know, many boys and girls do this kind mm -hmm. of thing, but um, yeah. So that's, that was my experience uh, growing up, but you know, it was my dad building us a tree house actually that, inspired a lot of it um shoot i must have been like 10 or something like that okay and he put a structure and it was quite high you know yeah it was quite high in the tree you know it's like 15 20 feet up there um with like some kind of you know bare bones railing around it mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so you know there's always been kind of like that spirit of adventure my family you know we grew up climbing rock climbing that kind of yeah. thing okay well, that's, that's super cool and super unique. And so now the pine cone is um, is based in the redwoods, right? Or is that somewhere? Is it somewhere else in California? Yeah, so that's in the redwoods. It's in Bonnie Dune, 
um, in uh, just north of Santa Cruz. And uh, yeah, hanging in between some giant uh, coastal uh, redwoods. Okay. And so now I want to, let's dive into the, the, the dream and the vision of the tree walkers. So I've seen the sketches of what the, 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 um, the structure will look like. It's kind of a tent TP style, but also very, like we've kind of talked about, Ewok uh, themed, very cool, very unique. Um, but I want to kind of paint the picture for the audience on what went from O2 Treehouse, running the pine cone, creating tree houses for others and doing this, and then creating the Tree Walker brand, the franchise model, just like the, everything you've envisioned, right? I think there's a... Right there's probably a pivotal point that you're like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, you know, throughout the years uh, with Ocho Treehouse uh, custom work, you know, many people uh, from some really incredible, you know, tropical locations and, you know, destinations I'd be thrilled to, to visit have reached out and have been interested in hiring out to build structures. And oftentimes, you know, our, California-based prices here and the cost of travel, et cetera, just it didn't didn't end up being a fit. And so as this kind of list of different places uh, grew, people that I was really thrilled to, to work with, but it wouldn't work out financially, you know, um, it got the gears turning and having me think about, you know, what kind of, you know, concept would work in the space that could be scalable um, a structure that kind of will fit some of the challenges and dynamics of uh, creating structures, you know, domestically, but all all over the world as well in different contexts and climates and that kind of thing. Um, and so that idea was just, you know, just ruminating for many years and it started to form and actually the business models had many different maturations. Uh, you know, it was going to be, kind of a owner like a kind of a cooperative model you know at, at one point and you know which you know I love that idea I love the spirit of that and it has a lot of merits um, ultimately we ended up at the franchise model because it could um, you know allow individuals to have a greater ownership um, and you know feel have a sense of independence and customization um, but uh, still take an idea, brand ethos of conservation, land, you know, ecology, that kind of thing, and scale that idea uh, through this, uh, you know, unified vernacular, you know, through the, through the design of the actual structure. Having and, a greater, greater purpose than just tree houses, right? Like tree houses are cool, but having a purpose that goes beyond that, like where you guys are actually being intentional with the environment and with using, you know, this type of material and all this other stuff that you guys are, that we've, you know, talked about off, off the scene. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tree Walkers, um, you know, provides this incredible experience and in, uh, different kind of uh, contexts than most people typically experience nature and lofted in a tree, you know, up amongst the branches and the canopy to be able to sleep and hang out in that type of environment. It's amazing. It's, it's really incredible. It's different than, um, you know, other types of, you know, being in your backyard or going on a hike. Um, and I think, you know, for those that, you know, just 
go and climb a random tree, they know that. Uh, but for others that uh, don't have the, you know, ease of getting out into a context like this, or um, or just it's just not second nature to them. Um, glamping, I feel like, is a platform which provides kind of that easy segue. You know, provides the, the comforts of home, um, but also you know gets you kind of exposed to nature and you know camping kind of sense, of course. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm, you know, so there's that whole thing with just being in a tree house. It's a special experience. You know, there's going up and getting elevated into the structure is a bit of a, is a bit of a gateway in a way, um, kind of almost ceremonial kind of like going into that space. Um, and I think, uh, and, and to your point that you're making, um, what what tree walkers as a brand, as a brand culture can represent as a whole is what really gets me fired up and excited. You know, it's, um, you, know, I, you know, to pull a tagline from TED Talks, it's kind of like, ah, I feel like it's an idea worth spreading. And that's why I was really all about scale from the beginning. Like, how can we create an idea that, that so many people can access and create for themselves? and have it be all inclusive. And um, so I'm really, you know, fired up to do all the other kind of programming type things that'll come along with, which will really be the perks of being part of the Tree Walkers network, which um, as, a, as a network owner, as a franchisee, you'll basically, we're gonna have this pay a stay forward program so that owners can, open their tree house up to travelers or to other network members and gain essentially these credits that they can then take and you know quote unquote spend at another network location in some other part of the world i feel like that part of tree walkers will really be one one of the the coolest values and propositions to our franchisees is you know it's you know it's part it's it's about being part of this kind of club in a way yeah. So you can you can go and travel and you know feel out all the different personalities of the tree walkers locations and the local materials and local goods that go into creating um, making each tree walker location special. Um, and shoot, I could go on. I mean, the, well, know, I was gonna say it's like you're opening up a door of adventure to a, a whole new community of people that um, you know, with especially with COVID going on, I think yeah, uh, going into a building right is a lot more i guess weary for a lot of people and but the adventure of driving getting in your car or doing a small plane ride or whatever it may be and getting out and yeah. not being inside a, a four you know wall building structure being inside a tree elevated like you said opening up the adventure especially this is a brand i feel like is really resonating with the people that love adventure they love being out kind of yeah. like you when you like when you're talking as a kid like just building forts and just being just out there not just being uh you know cooped up inside the house especially all of us are cooped up right now anyway so <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, it's just opening up that true sense of adventure and experience yeah yeah that's perfect that's exactly it you know and that's coming back around to this idea of having you know an adventure menu you mm -hmm. know you know when you get into your tree walkers um, treehouse, 
you know, and oh, you probably chill out there for a while and hang out, you know, maybe day two, you're like, oh, what's this adventure menu thing, you know? And I think that the opportunity there is to create uh, basically these, you know, mis mystery paths where, you know, there is this, we introduce this sense of discovery as part of being in this camping setting, in this natural setting, where, you know, you pick like, it might be the ecology tour and, you know, it takes you on a series of clues that really teach you about that specific ecology in that place that you are right now. You know, of course, ecologies are incredibly sensitive and dynamic and, um, you know, varied and diverse and all these, all these types of things. Um, uh, everything needs to work together in this beautiful harmony to, to continue to exist uh, in harmony, right? And so, I think that story isn't known by everybody. I'm, I think they feel like nature is incredibly robust and indestructible. But when you get down into the details, you understand the inter, you know, the relationships between all those organisms in that forest, in that habitat. Um, you realize how precious precious it is, and so, you know, that that experience, that knowledge is going to hopefully change your value of the environment and how you treat it and, and realize that yeah if you pollute it just a couple it's your your package that you throw on the ground or if you choose to drink that water bottle that's going to end up in that natural environment it's gonna it's gonna affect it in some way um yeah so i think it's you know it's through experiences like clamping um that can hopefully you know change the minds and the hearts of people um to you know put more uh, of themselves behind solutions that we already have to solve a lot of these problems, but it's just, it's just the wherewithal and the intention that really, you know, humanity needs to put behind them to, to carry them through. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so in that way, I want to see glamping grow, um, you know, uh, responsibly, um, you know, as much as I can be. And it's amazing right now during COVID because we're seeing that it is. So mm -hmm. it's a really great time. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a sought out um, outlet medium segment of hospitality. I think um, that your, your normal like business traveler or leisure traveler wouldn't think of, but now that they're stuck at home and they're trying to find any excuse to get out uh, yeah. and, and pr like, I guess that sense of adventure, you know, hotels are kind of closed and vacation rentals are booked depending on what you know location they're at. So glamping is becoming like that good little getaway that you don't really think is there but it's there and now everyone's kind of i think starting to pick up on that a little bit more yeah it's totally cool. yeah it's, it's super cool it's, it's really exciting well uh i was gonna go into the segue of just you guys recently launched on um startup engine and so yeah uh walk me through i guess a, a quick summer like the the process of this because um you know like you said it's not uh, all the things that you're talking about building three houses and creating this brand and doing all this stuff is not, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. I can tell yeah. that you and your team have been hustling and bustling. I've, you know, been watching you for a while. We've been introduced before this, this recording. And, and so yeah. it's just cool to see it come into fruition. But, um, now, now that you guys are up on start engine, uh, there's been some capital raised. There's been some much, uh, I guess, proven data now to show that people are wanting this type of, Right. Uh, experience and type of um, type of ownership and business out there. So uh, w what have you been seeing with that? Um, do you think maybe COVID 
um, is hindering it or helping it? What's kind of your, what's your insights on that whole startup side of, of the business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely COVID is helping for sure. Okay. I mean, just in our custom business, like we, we, sh- uh, what was it around, um, May, June, we saw a huge, you know, spike in our leads that we we're getting. And, you know, so our business like nearly doubled, uh, because of COVID. Um, and yeah, so that's like, we were talking about just being reflected in how people are traveling and just going out, you know, experiencing nature because it's one of their only options right um so with start engine yes we're we're raising um private equity through an online public offering uh regulation a crowdfunding uh with a platform called start engine uh you can check out our page at startengine.com forward slash o2 dash treehouse um and um, we launched, uh, about a week ago. Um, you know, we have a current goal to raise 250,000. Um, however, if we break through that, then our next, uh, cap that we can raise, uh, uh with SEC regulations is up to $1,070,000. Um, and thus far, I think we're nearly at $70,000 after a week. And yeah, I mean, we're all on cloud nine here because it's incredible the response that we've gotten, even before we even launched, like when we're kind of doing some of our grassroots uh, pre-launch stuff, uh, putting our renders out there, getting our uh, website pages up. um, We had already started to see people coming to us, you know, uh, saying like, you know, super enthusiastic, like, hey, we want to be a franchisee location and like, tell me more about this. Uh, we've talked to a couple of national, uh, you know, glamping, camping brands. Um, so we're in conversation with them. Um, and now since, since we've launched, uh, like I was, you know, telling Will before we got on, um, you know, I, I've got a lot of lists of people, probably, you know, 90 people long that, you know, I, just, I need to reach out to who are interested in investing or interested in becoming a franchisee. Uh, location and you know if you see the campaign page our strategy is basically to launch 20 locations uh, in a pre-franchise model um essentially we're we're just getting you online with the structure and you know um, a franchise agreement but they won't come with the franchise purchase free fee or the franchise royalty fee because we basically want to get these 20 locations online operating under the name tree walkers and to provide it, of course, a precedent for the numbers to provide a success story um, that we can then, you know, show to uh, our post 20 locations, a real value to becoming part of the franchise. Um, And, you know, I would say that we're, we're already, you know, have um, our 20 locations, like, you know, we're not as far as we have, you know, like deposits and that kind of thing. It's, it's kind of early in the game for that, but we have so much interest that it's, I'm realizing it's not going to be a problem at all to fill those first 20 locations. <laughs> which, which is a, which is a great quote unquote problem to have is it, you know, right. think going into this, you're like, okay, we got to get 20 locations and now you have a list of 90 plus people already. You're like, all right, well, either yeah. way. <laughs> there, yeah. goes those, there goes that 20. I know it's incredible. I mean, 
yeah, it's yeah, it seemed like a big number before, mm-hmm. but I'm like, wow, this people are enthusiastic about this. I feel like it's the right time, just in the world generally, but also because of COVID, it's it's also kind of a perfect storm. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are out of work and they have a backyard and has a tree in it, and they're like, it's a great way to to make extra money. And people are still traveling now in that way locally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're talking to people in other countries who want to represent uh, the, the territory of, of those individual countries. Um, so, and, you know, like our ad spend and our return on ad spend is, is, is very high, very good. So we're on a good trajectory. I feel like I feel confident. So, yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, let's say for the listeners out there, um, I guess what is uh, more obviously I'm going to link everything in the show notes. O2 Treehouse, Tree Walkers, um, your start uh, your start engine link, everything um, nice. get you guys out there. But um, I guess for for the listeners, what is the best way if they? It's not like you need more leads or any like ninety calls plus. But if you if anyone were to want to get in contact with you to start this process um, to either become a franchise or a location. Um, what's the, what's the best way for them to go? Absolutely. Good question. Um, so you can go to the start engine page. Um, you can reach out to us there. Um, you can reach out to us, um, at www.treewalkers.world, um, and sign up there. Um, you know, I guess I don't want to dilute this with all the different ways, but you know, if you, yeah. if you prefer to reach out to us on Instagram, we're on Instagram. Um, so whatever is easiest for you um, or just go to our website to o2treehouse.com and there's a splash page set up there specifically for tree walkers um, and sign up, give us your email address and, and we'll be in touch. Basically. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, if uh, you had to leave the listeners with one final note, what would it be? anything it could be random it could be funny it could be you name it um wow one thing to uh i would say that uh the ewok dream has arrived people (laughs) yeah so become uh become part of tree walkers you know join join the tree walkers club you know yeah we're gonna have a ton of fun and we're gonna build a, a world community here that's awesome. That's a great, great way to end it. I love it. Nice. Well, my man, thank you again for just joining me on the podcast. Thank you for bringing your knowledge and your experience and just the overall adventure to the show, uh, to the audience, to the world, to the industry. It's amazing to see. I'm excited to keep talking to you after this and then figure out, you know, more ways to, to show you guys off and what all you're, that you're doing. So thank you again. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I really appreciate the opportunity and love what you're doing. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. 
And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.